What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 55, coming at you strong. This is Matt here in Vegas. We got Eric over in New York, and Hello. we're playing catch-up. Yeah, welcome to the episode. Matt, I did a lot of shows, and uh, I'm guessing you did too, since you are you know, have a nightly show. Uh, yes. <laughs> but what's going on with you in Vegas? I did, uh, I did a dinner last night. A dinner? Did a, uh, a fancy dinner. Oh, okay. You had to specify because I was like, it's usually people have dinner like every, <laughs> every night at least. <laughs> this was an outing. This is not a sponsored uh, plug of any kind, but I went to a restaurant I had never heard of called Mott 32, M O T T 32 at the Venetian. Like the apple juice? Uh, Mott's like the applesauce? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's something people used to say, you know, if they thought something was really good, like let's say they were eating pizza. They'd be like, yo, this is Mott's. I've never heard of that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? You said people used to say this? That's true, in, in Rhode Island. Oh, okay, yeah, you had to add some quality. <laughs> I'm not sure where else. Sure, sure. That's Mott's. Probably a place okay. or two. Yeah, this is Mott's. Like, that means this is really good. So like, you this went is bomb. to an applesauce restaurant? No. <laughs> Asian cuisine. Authentic, supposedly. Um, fancy schmancy, nice place. Went with a, a couple of friends that uh, recommended it and wanted to go there. And it's one of those restaurants where, uh, uh, my friend ordered wine of sorts and they come over and they pour a little into the glass sure. and they let you taste it first and then continue pouring the rest of the glass. You've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. You, Have you done you, it? Have you ever been the tester? No. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that moment. It's like, oh, it tastes like wine. Cool. Let's have more. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And this didn't happen, luckily, in front of me, but he told me, because I asked. Yeah. He sends it back all the time. Wait, but but under what conditions? Like, what what does he taste in the wine that he's like, nope, that's not I, it? <laughs> I do not. I just don't know. Um, but I, I was, I felt kind of like a, a Larry David thing for me. I was yeah. just like, if I, if I went, if I were, I were asked to taste it, I felt like it's just, I can't, I can't send it back. Right. Right. <laughs> That's so bizarre to me. That whole, I mean, I guess there's people with refined, um, you know, palates, palates that can right. hear yeah, or can taste the difference, uh, between wines. But I always go back to that, like psychological study about like box wines. You, do you right. know about this? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm aware of it, but I don't know like the official results, but I could guess. Yeah. It's basically they take box wine and put it in a fancy bottle, and then they also have regular box wine, and they have people taste between the two. But because of the expectations of it, people think the one in the bottle is like better and more expensive and tastes better. I'm almost sure that I would easily not know which is which. Yeah, but it's all about the it's the, the psychological study is all about the your your preconceived notions going in, so that's influencing totally. your taste and and style and everything like that. So um, it's just so fascinating. So I don't trust a lot of those things. Like, I guess if we was drinking wine all the time, like if I was just like a wino alcoholic, that I maybe I could tell the difference between wines. But also, like, isn't wine one of those things? It's like pizza. You know, even a bad pizza is 
even a bad pizza is still pizza. <laughs> right. And it's all subjective, though, too, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think so. So anyway, uh, it's just the whole, I thought it was just a performance where they come in and they pour it <laughs> in and then you take a sip. But apparently people are sending these back all the time, which I, I thought was just like, yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine it. But anyway. Now I'll do so that at the ice cream shop. Like I'll have a little taste and be like, all right, let me taste another one just to get all the different well, of course. <laughs> flavors. Well, I bet you would swear up and down that you could differentiate between different beers. Um, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, different types to of a degree. Beers. Yeah. To a degree. So like, you know, Bud Light Guinness, yes. But once you start getting <laughs> to different ones yeah. that are similar, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, there's like minor differences. I mean, an IPA is going to taste very hoppy, you know, so it's just like the amount of hops here and there. It's but not even clear to me what that what that adjective means in this scenario. Like, like it's got like a bite to it. It's like got a little sting, but it's uh, or it tastes a little grassy, as some people say. But I don't think I've ever sent a beer back. I would drink the beer. <laughs> right. Well, they don't let you sample the beer unless it's a flight. Yeah, right, right, right. And I don't mean a flight like in the air, but the no, one. No, yeah, the the, the small you know little glass. Is. Some breweries don't even allow that anymore because they're like, "Oh, our beers, uh, you know, if you're if it's in a flight, they sit and it loses the quality of the." I was like, I never noticed the difference. I'll just, <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll drink it if it's been sitting on the table for a little while. <laughs> you know, I can't even identify flat soda. Oh really? That yeah, I but I'm not tell. a big soda drinker yeah. anyway. But like, yeah. I'll have soda, and then the like the person with me will be like, "Ooh, this is flat," and I'll be like, "I don't even know what you mean." Yeah. Well, I always got like um, worried about those like soda streams where like they're like they inject the carbon di- dioxide into the soda. Like you create your own homemade soda. Essentially, it's like a Keurig for soda. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that was a Keurig for soda. I didn't know they had that. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know. I would mess up like the amount of CO two. And not know if it's a good soda. <laughs> are are you able to differentiate Coke and Pepsi? Do you know? Have you ever tried it? Yes, I have. And I ha- find there to be a s- big difference. There, yeah, there's a big difference, and that was the whole like that was Pepsi's campaign model too. Yes, they had the big Coke Pepsi taste talent challenge, similar to the wine box challenge, except. Right. Except they were hoping that people's preconceived notions was that, oh, just because it's Coke, it tastes better. And then if we do it blind, people are going to choose Pepsi. But I always chose Coke. <laughs> I still liked Coke. So I, yeah. it worked against their marketing campaign. <laughs> For you. <laughs> For me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, you did a wonderful, wonderful dinner. Amazing time. I uh, found a new place that I never knew existed. And I'm, I'm sure I'll return at some point. And uh, here we are. I jumped on this morning, mm-hmm. and you said it's a big coffee day for you, and I got to ask yeah. why. Uh, just, I don't know. I got up early, so I was like, I need a little bit of like kicking the pants to get through the podcast today. Did you get home late? I know you had, was that last night you had that gig? Um, yeah, um, yeah, I had a gig last night at Montclair State, uh, which it wasn't too late. It was an eight o'clock show and it's just over there. It takes so much longer to get over the GWB into Jersey than coming back. Like it's like, it was like a half an hour drive back, but, um, there it was like an hour and a half because <laughs> it was during rush hour. And I tried to even leave early to avoid the rush hour, uh, traffic, but no, no, it's, uh. No good. Uh, um, so the uh, show went well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, gorgeous views. We were. I was on the seventh floor in a conference room in like their university, like center. And uh, I saw that on Instagram. 
It yeah. looked great. Yeah, it was really cool. It's it's challenging. That's one of those things, and you, you've had to deal with this when you were doing colleges, too. You never know what the room's going to look like until you get in there. And sometimes right. when you see those giant windows covering an entire room it's kind of like yeah i gotta figure out how to make this work um it's not as bad when it's on the seventh floor but like we i've definitely done venues where it's on the first floor and like mm -hmm. students are walking by th through the quad and you're like on the today show with like all the people at the window right right and like for my act i'm not, it's not very angle sensitive to begin with so like i'm not super worried about people seeing what's behind me but like for a magic act that could be very important to check your angles and make sure you're not flashing or whatnot but um uh, well, in, in a lot of those cases in, in the in what we did for this show too is there there were uh, shades so we just pulled the shades and that that's right work. yeah well also for any performer if depending on where the sun is the time of day you're right. backlit people just see a silhouette oh yeah which is not ideal even if you're just up there singing exactly and luckily so. this was a night show so i knew the sun was gonna set by the time the show started but like mm -hmm. just having any distractions you want people focused on the stage so like if a bird flies by or like if you're again on the ground floor and people are making faces through the window or something that just pulls attention and focus i love how that show. was your go-to has this happened to you where people make faces in the window behind you while you're performing not that i'm aware of i'm sure okay. it, it, may, <laughs> it may have happened but i'm just picturing again that today show where like people are holding up sides and like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, yeah. Tiana's dad makes a sport of it when he's in New York. He goes just so he can be in the background on the Today Show and oh, make wow. silly faces and stuff. <laughs> it's great. It's interesting, too, because um, I know with the pandemic and the lockdown, people have been creative in terms of types of performances. So there's a there's a show I've been meaning to check out, but I haven't had a chance yet. It's called Seven Deadly Sins, and it's kind of the reverse is you're facing the window and you're performing for people out on the street. And it's uh, like small little 10 minute plays about the different sins and little, uh, I, I, I heard about this. Yeah. 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 But, mm -hmm. uh, but I just kind of tied the two together because it's like, Oh, if I was on the first floor and they have this huge window, then I could just turn away from the audience that's watching and perform for the people outside. <laughs> right. Right. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that show went well. I was happy. I mean, it's so funny that every uh, college I've been doing this summer has been a little bit different in terms of their restrictions. So, uh, you know, from when I was in Indiana and like they re relaxed all restrictions pretty much the day I got there. So I got to do my normal show. And then to go back here where like, oh, we're going to be back with masks and social distancing, especially since it's a state school, like they're really, you know, particular about some of that stuff so just to go back and forth between like my normal show and the mass social distance show and like remembering that the flow changes slightly and i still gotta mm -hmm. you know try and get my timing around the same way and you know well how to you process performed that masked i saw a photo of you with the mask on performing was that through the duration of the show or only during participation what how did you handle that uh only when people came up on stage technically i think the rule that they told me was it, even if we were they were up on stage if we had six feet apart masks weren't required but uh the audience just kept their masks on the entire time and then when they came up on stage especially since i was getting between you know closer than six feet i uh put my mask on just to just to follow the protocols and everything like that. So so to clarify, you were doing on and off. Yes, it was a lot of on and off. 
So I don't even know what I'm doing tonight. Oh, really? So it's been changing that often in Vegas. Yeah, there was like something that went into effect. Maybe I, I always get confused when they do this. They, they, they put a rule into effect on like, quote unquote, Wednesday at midnight. I'm like, okay, so is that Wednesday night? Like technically Thursday? Oh, yeah, yeah, midnight? yeah. So I, I don't know when. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, not only do I not know exactly when it went into effect, but I believe it already did. That's why um, they have to make those announcements at like 12.01 a.m. Right. <laughs> right. Just to clarify. Absolutely. Or just noon, and let's not confuse yeah, it here, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, so not only do I not know when exactly it went into effect or if it's in effect, but I don't understand if it necessarily applies to me. I think what's happening now is I believe there's a rule in Clark County, which includes Las Vegas, that um, employees of indoor businesses will be masked. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't really change much because almost every business you go in, employees are already sort of required to do that. Right. That It's not a huge change. You go into a restaurant, you go into a dry cleaner, wherever you go, I mean, it seems like employees are wearing masks. Now, how does that apply to performers? I'm not exactly sure, and I haven't right. spoken to anybody about it yet. I don't know what anyone else is doing. Like, am I masking tonight? Like, do I have the 12-foot rule again where I can unmask within a certain distance? Is Usher wearing a mask? Like, what <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So or, just- I mean... I mean, technically, obviously, I'm not an employee but of, of, of the casino or anything, but, like, I'm still working inside. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think you just have to become one of those personalities that just, like, is known for wearing a mask. So that way, either way, no one's going to know the difference. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about just, you know, wearing a, one of those big DJ helmets, and then I'll just... Yeah. If you're maybe dead I'll mouse. Just, yeah. I'll go sit on an island somewhere and have someone else try to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could, uh, you or anyone could just fill in. I don't know if anyone would even notice, right? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe the card manipulation skills won't be <laughs> up to par, but uh, well, you just sub that out for something else. Yeah, yeah, you get a hand model. <laughs> you, put, you put it, you put it up on the screen as if it's live. Yeah, you play a video. I kind of mime through the actions on stage and hope people are far enough that they're just watching the screen and not the close-up hand. I think so. I mean, look, at this point, (laughs) nothing's off the table. I mean, all the rules are are gone here in 2021 here. Who knows? Yeah. So we'll see. But that's because the uh, the Delta variant's getting pretty bad out there in Vegas, right? Yeah. 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 Everybody. Well, it's all, it's all over. Everyone's yeah. talking about it. It's all it's it's national news mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everywhere. So, oh, I don't know. I hope we're not all taking steps backwards here, but I, I can't imagine what other way it I would know. go. I know. And just urge any of our listeners, if you are not vaxxed, get vaccinated. One very easy to do. It's easy to do. It's safer, and we want this pandemic to be over, don't we? Like, I, I, I concur. <laughs> yeah, like can yeah. we get through this. That would be nice. Yeah, and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. That would be so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I think it's gonna be a while. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I just find it so interesting. I, I tweeted this out because like Clapton just said he's not gonna be. Um, performing in venues that require, you know, vaccines or whatever or, or proof of a false positive. And I'm just like, this guy sings a song about cocaine and he's worried about what's going into his body. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, what do you think about that? He's re- basically refusing to perform at a venue if the venue requires people to get it. Yeah. I 
I mean, maybe he's, he's doing well enough. He's like a legendary guitarist that he can turn down these gigs. But I, at oh, this I'm, point, I'm just like, I take the gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain he's doing well enough where yeah. he can choose the yeah. gigs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think, but, um, you know, performers' politics affects the way you appreciate their art? Maybe. I'm not yeah. sure. Can maybe. you separate? I mean, like, more, like, more often than not, I probably... You know, it's funny. More often than not, I probably don't know a performer's uh, political view mm-hmm. many but times. A lot of times, especially in the last couple of years, people have been a lot more vocal in their support of certain issues or... or past presidents um and um i don't know i don't i mean like because i really like a lot of claps and songs but i'm like hesitant to play a lot some now like listen to some now so i don't know you you know i don't know more than just the headline of that story so that's not going to affect my view of uh clapton music by any means but i imagine there are other things like i i've watched episodes of punked back in the day with Ashton Kutcher, where sure. he would punk a celebrity, and I didn't like how the celebrity reacted, and I would just—I'd written them off right away. Oh, I didn't like their attitude, to the see, way they handled it. To see what they're really like without like the celebrity <laughs> persona. If that was even real, yeah. who knows? I mean, I—if I, I went back and watched it now, I'd probably see them all a lot differently than I did at the time. Now, like someone like Tom Cruise, he was you know big in the headlines, and a lot of people kind of dismissed him for his behavior is like back with the like the oprah jumping on the couch stuff and uh right i was always able to separate him from the the movies though because maybe as an actor you you're playing a role and you're supposed to like get into that a little bit more but I, i've always liked like tom cruise movies still so yeah i can't i couldn't tell you if i've seen one mm. I think of it's course. A, of course, yeah. You can't name I know one. he's in Mission Impossible. I was gonna say you can't name one Tom Cruise movie, or at least I you... can name it, but I'm not sure I could name one I've seen. Wow. There's a lot of Mission Impossibles and they're good. You should watch them. I know the song. Yes, of course. It's a yeah. classic. So it I is. think it maybe depends on the artist, and I think that was kind of like, you know, with the whole, you know, documentaries about MJ too and there's an MJ oh, sir- shirt. Okay, that show. affected me. That it, one, yeah. when I watched that, I was like, I can't listen to Michael Jackson music. Yeah, yeah. So it really depends on. Yeah, I think it but, depends. But again, I watched yeah. the whole thing. It right. wasn't just a headline. I, I watched right. the whole thing, and I, and I even knew, like, I remember the one of the um, guys speaking out in the documentary. Like, I, I remember him from when I was a teenager. He had a show on like MTV. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like a choreographer or something. So it was like. I don't know. It was it was disturbing. Yeah, I think it's a tricky thing when it comes to artists and depending on what they did and I don't know if you can separate it with your own morals and I don't know. It's mm. it's tricky. But uh, speaking of drugged out people, uh, I had an audience member. <laughs> How's that for a transition? <laughs> Perfect. Um, I did the Rose Room last Thursday. Uh, and uh, brand new venue, really really cool in like theater district of Manhattan. And it's like uh, this really nice performance space with a stage and there's like this really cool bar and then there's like small little tables, everything like that. And it was just a rowdy, wild show. Like people were definitely there to celebrate the opening of the new venue. Uh, It's, you know, um, very LGBTQ friendly environment. So like people were just getting kind of rowdy in terms of like, 
there's just a lot of like experiences happening during the show, from people stripping to jugglers. In fact, it's I think, a New York City venue. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone in the show, other than me, stripped at one point, and maybe the host, Dusty Rhodes. But uh, I know he strips <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're but, the only one that hadn't been naked on stage. Yeah, ever. like like at the end of the show, I like everyone's like without shirts, and I'm wearing my full suit in the curtain call. <laughs> <laughs> Did you consider taking it off for no, a second? No, not at all. Not, not even the jacket, maybe as a bit? Nope, 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 okay. nope. No, no. Uh, the thing that I remove is the duct tape off my face. <laughs> right. Uh, which is always painful. But uh, th- I, I'm sure you've run into instances. We've talked about performing for, like, uh, you know, drunk audiences in Vegas a little bit. and But uh, I, we had someone in the front row. Uh, there's two stages. There's like a, a stage in the round, and then there's like the main stage where like you watch it like a traditional everyone facing forward stage, uh, and people are kind of going back and forth. But right in front of that main stage was the um, was this audience member who she kept getting up from her seat and walking on stage because it's like right there, and like it was mostly between acts, and then like oh she was like in the curtains and like there was a brick wall and she was like knocking on each of the bricks as if there was like a secret door, like Beetlejuice. And I just clocked her right away. Like this person is going to be a problem. And I was also like, why hasn't anyone done anything yet about this person? (laughs) Like, how are they still here? Like whatever she was on was very potent. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, You know, and like walking to the bar, she started doing her own little clogging routine on the center stage in between. Like, God, it was ridiculous. It was so I spotted her early and I said something to producers because I was like, I'm about to go on stage and duct taping my face shut. So I'm not going to be able to see what's going on. You know, uh, and I can't control the situation because I'm going to have like limited, you know, abilities. I'm going to be down a sense, essentially. And uh, <laughs> and so their solution was, I guess she knew someone in the show or was like part of the show at some point. So they didn't. That's why they didn't kick her out right away. But uh, yeah, she I think she's gone now, <laughs> you know, from the from any ties to the show. But um, during my act. She pops up on stage and starts grabbing the duct tape that's out of my hands while my eyes are duct tape shut. Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, right? <laughs> so the producers kind of like grab her by the jacket and put her back down and like she like was settled or whatever. And uh, I was able to kind of power through it. But oh, then, tell me you had some bits in there. Oh, I had some bits because she okay. started then also. Well, first of all, I was like, who's touching me? Like my volunteer on stage. I was like, this doesn't feel like Tim's hands or whatever. <laughs> you know, I was like some random person. I was, it was so shocking. And then uh, she just started making like very loud noises over me talking. So I had to stop the act. And uh, it, because it's an adult venue, I. I, I, I always can drop one curse word because it's like unexpected from me as a character and it always destroys. So like just sure. finding that place to do it. So I, I used it here and I was just like, all right, I got to stop. Audience, who here wants this girl to shut the F up? Oh my God. <laughs> and the audience was on my side at that point. So they go oh, wild, right. right? They're going right. crazy. And then I just go, right. see, I am a mind reader. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of like put her in her place a little bit. Uh, and you can only do those heckler stoppers after you, you know, the audience is on your side. Because if you do it too yes. soon, 
then they're against you. But because yeah, everyone right. I knew was annoyed, they were, um, yeah, they were on my side and like they were just dying at that moment. Like that was one of the best ad libs of that set. Uh, For sure. And I kind of I think even predicting her, predicting who it was, because your your eyes were when you said who's touching me. Yeah. If you had a way of like describing that you knew who it was, which you know Of course. Well, everyone in the venue knew who it was at that right. point because everyone so it's was watching not, me. Yeah. It's not mentalism, but like yeah. it's hilarious because it's like you psychically know who it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's just so much built in there. Yeah, yeah. There was a it was a wild night. There was a uh like a table like of 50 drag queens almost too that were like very chatty during the show but they were having a good time and What do you were... mean almost drag queens? Uh I mean some were some were in drag some were not. Oh, there okay. was just a whole whole uh, party of friends and they were, gotcha. they were they were having a lot of fun and they were great and uh <laughs> one of them I used one of my strategies was to like calm down the noisy tables by using a volunteer from those tables to be drawers in the blindfold routine. Mm -hmm. uh, which sort of helped uh, yeah. keep, keep the volume. It, again, it was a very rowdy crowd. But mm -hmm. uh, one of the other fun ad libs I did was uh, a guy, uh, uh, um, a person drew like a pitchfork and I was like describing it and trying to get there. But I always ask like, what do you do for a living? And he just goes, oh, I, I sell weed. <laughs> which, which is legal oh in New York, right? right. So I was just like, Oh, uh, great. So you're just happy you got a free advertisement during my bit. And that also got a huge response, too. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was able to power through a very difficult set. Uh, but I think, you know, because of my background in, you know, comedy clubs and, you know, those kind of rougher venues starting out, you have those skills if need be. But again, I think I think there could be things in place to kind of get people focused in because I think the Magic Act slot in that show is going to have trouble if you don't have that background because the rest of the show is all just kind of silent acts that you're walking and you're feel free to or watching ambient. And, and it's ambient and you're free to talk to your neighbors throughout the show but I think like to stop the show and like focus everyone down for something where they have to pay attention cuz we all know if you're not paying attention during like a magic or mystery type of act you, you kind of lose the point of it if you don't know where the magic's supposed to happen. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> requires attention. So I just thought that was an interesting thing. They ended up kicking her out at some point of the show because then she just ended up like starting causing fights and it was a it was a whole ordeal. But you kind of just have to take the situation and go with it. And uh yeah, I'll I'll be looking forward to the next time at the Rose Room when it will be hopefully a slightly easier uh, performance for me where I didn't really have feel like I was turning it up to high gear to get through the set. So I love that you threw an F bomb in there. Uh I mean I had to. I mean I can depending on the venue, I won't do it in like, you know, corporate settings or like, you know, college settings really. It's just like when I'm doing those more rowdier crowds with comedy yeah. clubs and burlesque shows and that kind of stuff it right it fits the vibe oh you know? totally yeah <laughs> so that was that was the uh the big experience and then i you know i did scam and scam was fine and fun um as always uh they um we talked a little bit this on, on our we did an instagram chat if you missed oh, it oh yeah um so if follow me and matt and maybe we'll do another live at some point uh, which was fun. You you got to see some magic during that too, didn't you? I did. <laughs> yeah. So um, we we chatted about uh, briefly like how to handle those alpha males. I I think I'm just on a kick of like dealing with difficult spectators or participants at this moment. <laughs> you attract them. 
I don't think I do. <laughs> I think I've just sounds been, like you do. I think I've just been running into situations like at at scam. It wasn't a big issue. Uh, I've had worse participants, you know, uh, where people are just not into it or like putting on the like crossed arms. I'm gonna be better than you, magic boy, or whatever it is, where they just feel right. superior. Which I'm sure you've dealt with in Vegas too. I'll tell you, man. I I don't. I, I have pretty good luck with this, and I think part of it, like where I grew up. In uh, in Rhode Island, like I feel like there was a higher than normal ratio of like the kids in my school, where it really seemed like their life goal was to be an alpha male. Sure, yeah. Like really, <laughs> I really believe that we had a higher ratio than like most, right? <laughs> where that really is like the pinnacle. I've met of a what lot of your your Rhode Island friends. I can see what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that's not even the ones I'm referring I know. to. You I know, know what I, I mean? <laughs> I found the four people that weren't that as much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so like, it, it, to me, I I just feel like I I very well know who that person is, how they think, mm-hmm. what motivates them. Sure. And it's just uh, it's just game over from the start. I yeah. just feel like I'm too. I'm too close to it, and I understand it to a degree where, like, uh, first of all, I should clarify this, too. Mm-hmm. If you're a participant participant for me on stage, if you have any likability at all, in other words, if the audience likes you, I want you to be the alpha in the sure. room. Sure, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's no contest here. Mm-hmm. I want you to be the star. I want you to be the alpha, whether you're male or female. I know the phrase is alpha male. Right. But, like... The, the the issue becomes when the person is unlikable. And and even that I now have sympathy for because more often than not, if they're coming off as unlikable, it usually stems from them being uncomfortable. Even mm-hmm. if they're putting it off as confidence, it's usually some sort of unease with the situation that they're in. And you can't blame them because they're most audience participants or uh, audience members at any show are not accustomed to being on stage with the lights in their eyes and yeah. you know the performer giving them instructions quickly and and having to respond quickly and having you know and they they don't really know how to necessarily behave in this situation so i've just become incredibly sympathetic to any um audience participant um that like if i fall into a situation where they they can be alpha i i want them to be well, in terms of, uh, I think maybe we have a little slightly different definition. Of course, I definitely want the person on stage to be the star. And I think that that's the, that's the sign of a good performer is to make any situation where the, the audience member who's helping you out look amazing. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a good improv rule, too, is you always want your scene partner to look better than you. So you're, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're doing as performers. But I'm talking about those, yeah, it's usually a guy with, a, you know, with, a, with his girl on his arm or whatever. Uh, it's usually that dynamic, that heteronormative dynamic where he's just like oh i can't be fooled and i'm just gonna like try and mess with the magic or like be above it or you know not participate and usually i can spot those people just from their attitude when i like enter like a room like one of these small scam rooms or spot them in an audience and either we were talking about this on the 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 live um that uh one of the strategies that I do is to one, either call it out right away and get them like involved in somehow to like, at least let them put their own guard down and be like, we're just here to have fun. We're going to have a good time. You don't have to be all macho against me, you know? Uh, And if that doesn't work, you know, just 
not necessarily involve them in whatever I'm demonstrating because if I can sense that they're going to try and mess with me, it's going to ruin the experience for everyone else. And I don't want that because I want everyone else to have a good time. But I can still constantly kind of point back to that person as like, I have a thing where I talk about the skeptic and the way the skeptic thinks during my show. And I'll just keep referring to that guy as like the ultimate skeptic and using him as the example rather than just a generic skeptic. So at least I'm kind of tying him back into the show some way and almost playing to his ego that like, oh, he gets me like I'm trying to, you know, figure this out and ruin it, you know? <laughs> so mm -hmm. at least it puts him on my side and I recognize that person. Um, so, so there was a couple moments like that where, you know, this, this weekend, you know, it was just that guy with his arms crossed. You could tell he didn't really want to be there, uh, but I still wanted to in involve him that way. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, honestly, I, I just seldom find myself in the situation where I'm ever thinking about that stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ever. Now my style is very non-controversial. That's sure. probably part of it. Um, the environments that I'm performing in most often are very controlled. Yeah. So there are also a lot of people are there like specifically to see you and your name. Right. So it's a it's almost a pre-selected audience in a lot of ways. And sometimes, in a way, sometimes that some of the performances I'm going through, they don't even know I'm performing yet. So. <laughs> right. No, I I get yeah. it. And 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 even just the. The fact that, you know, every moment of, of a show, the lighting is designed to be a certain way mm -hmm. to focus in a certain place right. and the music is at a certain volume to, to do this or do that. And then, you know, my microphone is here. Like everything is sort of so carefully choreographed that it's like, it'd be really hard to do anything that's going to make the audience go, yeah, we're going to take the side of this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be yeah. really, really hard because you don't know what's coming next. You don't, I mean, yeah. it's just, you really got to have, um, a lot of gall to like try and and it would be muted very very quickly because because of just knowing how right. to handle the situation i think but it's much easier obviously in a very controlled environment with all the things we yeah. just mentioned Especially, those should not go on yeah. you know um you can't discredit like th those things all make a difference every yeah. single one of those and when you add them all together it's it's quite the combo just when you have an audience that you could put in the dark so that the lights are on you you know right that, that automatically changes the dynamic as opposed to some of these like 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 scam when you're in a smaller room and you see everyone all the time and it's bright you know and yeah it's just a, it's just uh being aware of who's in your audience and kind of like figuring out and and again i'm not I, I want to perform for everyone. I want them to have a good time. So it's not like I'm putting them off into their own corner that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to perform for you. But I was like, just finding strategies to engage them so that they kind of put their guard down so that they're not in this this mood of like, let's not have fun. I was like, no, let's have fun. That's why we're here. You might, you're might you already here. You might as well have fun. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's the best approach is like yeah. just, you know, acknowledging that you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, I Call, think so. Calling the elephant in the room helps a lot. And especially in a show like that, where sometimes I'll spot that person right away and I'll make a comment and the rest of the room will laugh because every other magician that they've seen has also made that comment and they've been just as difficult for that. So it's like, I'm not alone. So now they're like, all right, this, there's something with this guy. You know, it's not mm -hmm, the performer's mm -hmm. fault. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. So that was a lot of fun, uh, and then I just did a quick little five-minute spot on the uh, Monday Night Magic 25th anniversary virtual show, and that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> that was uh, just because uh, it had been a little while since I'd done some virtual performances, so getting the the rust off. 
for even a mm-hmm. five minute set was uh, just to figure out the tech and the performance of it and playing for the camera as opposed to an audience that's around is great. Right. Um, and then just like, I don't know, there's a lot of things behind the scenes. So like if you're running a show with a lot of performers, like just making sure everything's organized ahead of time would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I got that vibe already when you called it interesting. Yeah, that is your yeah, go-to that, word for That's my polite You didn't word. like something. <laughs> that's my polite way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're totally fooling everyone with that one. Yeah. I I'll just say, um, you know, if you're going to change the lineup and like throw someone as a headliner last minute, maybe check with that performer, see if they're okay with that first cuz that was part of the plan and I was like, I got to run. I got to be in the first part of the show i can only oh, do this for a little bit <laughs> but they, right. they're trying to move me to the end without telling me it's like hey let your performer know that's all right <laughs> yeah maybe ask yeah yeah maybe even ask yeah that might be good <laughs> but Rather no it, it was a it was a great experience i'm happy to be part of it Monday magic is you know a, a long running uh you know establishment in new york city and the fact that i you know when i moved to new york they they kind of interviewed a little bit too of like what money and magic means to you is like when I moved to New York I didn't know any of the magic community in New York so I got to meet who was working basically and find friends lifelong friends um you know right when I moved to the city so I I you know I'm very thankful for the chances that they've let me have on stage and uh, you know 25 years is a long time and they're looking to get back to those live performances i think soon so i'll be back on stage at the players theater in new york at some point um question so do is there a mask rule that's like new that's returning in new york as of right this moment or no no i think just the general like guideline especially recently from like fauci cdc stuff is maybe people who are vaccinated should consider wearing masks indoors okay. again but there's nothing official as of this moment. And I think most of the performer friends uh, of mine, including myself in New York, at least have not like prioritized wearing masks at all in inside yet. But California, California has made a rule, I yes. believe. Yes. And that's just interesting. We'll see how that plays into television shows because oh, right. yeah. we're a few weeks away from America's Got Talent live shows. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to do it? That's that's that'll be interesting. You know, yeah. is there a loophole if everyone's vaccinated in the audience as well as mm-hmm. the entire staff? Right. Um, are we going to be seeing masked audience members on camera? I don't know. I think this year's American Idol we did, so it's not out of the question. Um, it'll just be really interesting to see how that's handled. And I mean, you saw what they did last season. They Bubbled it Very up. resilient in making it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a show happened again with no audience, but uh, this is like where all the planning has already kind of been happening right along, and now all of a sudden there's been a change in kind of the eleventh hour. So it'll be interesting to see how television shows in general, in general, respond to it. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, once they go to the live shows, uh, one of the guests that they won't have if they're all masked up and vaccinated is Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Clapton will not be on the Sweet Sixteen season. I don't know if he's ever been on any season. Maybe he could audition. Uh, Matt, I think it's time we get into "Diddle Me This." <laughs> Diddle me this. That was Diddle a great callback. Eric. <laughs> And up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, Matt, here's your riddle. I have seas without water, 
I have forests without wood. I have deserts without sand. I have houses with no brick. What am I? Seeds without water? Seas. Like S-E-A-S. Seas without water? Yeah. And I'll actually spell it because it's not like a word thing. <laughs> like It's not the like letter the letter C. C. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have seas have without seas. water. Mm-hmm. I have forests without wood. I have deserts without sand. I have houses with no brick. What am I? Wow. This is a, this is a toughie. This is, um, I think, one of our, maybe one of our harder riddles, because it's uh, definitely not in the vein of any of the ones that we've done recently, at least. I have to say, I have no idea so far. Oh, yeah. Not even a guess. No. I, like, even just seas without water. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think, okay, what's, like, sea salt? Like, what, what is the <laughs> word sea? Sure. And I know it's S-E-A, not a play on words. Correct. Seas without water. Like, I'm having trouble even getting past that. (laughs) Um, Then I know there was uh, forests without wood. Yeah. So, like, what are other types of forests? I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) Sure. Desert without sand. I live in the desert. There is sand. You got Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. This is not part of it. (laughs) No, but that, that would have been at least... Yeah, better helpful. thinking than I had done so far. Um, we definitely have sand in the desert. What other type of desert is there? Right, and it's definitely desert and not dessert. I right, did check that. Two spelling. s's. Yeah, in dessert because you want more. That's if it was just the first line, seas without water, my mind when I first saw this riddle like went to the moon because they have like the sea of tranquility and those are like the big craters that they call seas and they don't never have water. heard of that. Really? Okay. Mm-mm. Well, there you go. Well, I'm not familiar with them being called seas. No. There's a there's a fun fact for you. It's just a they just like label label the the moon just so that you know if you're ever on the moon and want to get around, <laughs> you have locations and landmarks. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but um, but by the way, I gotta say, uh, just as a side note, uh, the uh, the anniversary of the moon launch, right? The moon landing was just recently. Oh. Did that just happen, the anniversary? Yeah, I think it was the same day Bezos went up into the space. Did you know but, I have two people at that rocket launch that work at Magic Reinvented Nightly? Let's get into that after the <laughs> trivia, because I need to hear all about that. Okay. But uh, right. I'll, I'll save my little moon stuff later. We'll tie that back in. But uh, all right. let's get back I'm to the riddle. Yeah. I'm yeah. completely stumped. Well, I, om- I already almost gave you a hint. The moon thing? Not necessarily the moon itself, but uh, I was talking about like finding your way around the moon or anywhere, really. Like, where, if you think of this more as a, uh, uh, these are representations. Hmm. So I have a sea without water. So, how you can represent that somehow. I have forests without wood. I have deserts without sand. I have houses with no brick. Oh, they're photographs? Not necessarily photographs, but what has all of those things on it? Seas, forests, deserts, houses. The moon? Well, there's houses on the moon? The earth? <laughs> yeah, the earth has all those, but, but if, not... if we're talking about the literal earth, yeah, deserts have sand, forests have wood. Hmm. But where else have you seen the earth? A globe? You're getting closer. A map. <laughs> there we go. Wow, that's hard. <laughs> that's a hard one. 
because it's, there's seas, there's forests, there's desert, there's house. Google Maps, right? <laughs> all yeah, of that's no, there. No, that's but there's no riddle. water, wood, sand, or brick because right. it's all a representation of it. So I don't know. I feel like I should give you this. <laughs> 100%. I don't know why I got the bring sound. Just because I was happy we finally got to math. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, that I like that riddle because it's just kind of you have to think about it um, way outside the box. Yeah, like, really, um, I haven't had enough really. sleep in the past two nights to be able to land a correct answer on that one. No way. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia. This is a tough one, I think. All right. We're just doing tough riddles and trivia today. It's a coffee trivia. Oh, that's why you were happy about me drinking coffee. I'm going to be so bad at this because I just can't. I go, give me regular. <laughs> just regular This is not coffee. the question. Okay. This is not the question. But what's another name for a cup of coffee? A cup of? Joe? Mm, Java? That... No, yeah, yeah. We got it right the first yeah. time. Both are correct. But cup of Joe. Mm-hmm. How did the term cup of Joe originate? Oh, you just have to, I just have to know this? Jeez. No, I have three, I have four choices. Okay, I think maybe if I hear the choices, I could do okay on this. Let's see. Okay, A, mm-hmm. it refers to a Navy admiral who banned alcohol aboard Navy ships. All right, that doesn't seem like it ties in at all. Go ahead. <laughs> B, it refers to Joe Folgers, a prominent purveyor of coffee. Okay, that seems a little too on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) It is an Americanized version of the term cup of Java. Oh, okay. Uh, That was where I first went, so that's kind of close. Is is there any more, or is there just three options? I have one more. Okay. It comes from Jojo, the African word for bean. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Africa, uh, I mean that if if that's true, then that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know the African word for I, also I don't think there's just one African word. I think there's lots of languages in Africa. So Okay. Um, uh so I th- I'm very dubious. I'm gonna go with just my instinct that it's Java oh, it's like an Americanized version of Java. What does Java mean? Uh, Java. Well, that's a, uh, is it based off an island? Like, the, isn't there an, a Java island? Maybe I could have that wrong. Well, I'm not sure. I'm just curious why Americans would convert Java to Joe. Yeah, so, so I'm guessing that's wrong. <laughs> Let's go with the Navy admiral because it seems so out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would this have to do with alcohol? Because maybe because you. You couldn't drink alcohol, so you had to drink coffee? The answer is, the term Cup of Joe was coined after Mm -hmm. Admiral Josephus Joe Daniels (laughs) prohibited alcohol aboard Navy ships, and so they began drinking coffee instead, which they nicknamed Cup of Joe in honor of their admiral, whose actions led to their choice of beverage. Boom! So I got the reasoning right. You got it. And I think I changed at the last second to count that as a win. (laughs) Yes, but that's good, though. I really didn't think, honestly, even with a second choice, I didn't think you were going to pick it, so. 
I mean, it just seems so like specific and out of place. Yeah, right, I, right. I, I needed to go with that one. I loved your gut reaction to that choice, though. You're like, well, that seems like it has nothing related at all. <laughs> um, the uh, the moon thing I was gonna bring up was uh, so on on the anniversary, uh, uh, I I did my VR, my supernatural VR workouts, mm-hmm. and it was really fun because the locations are like a beautiful 360 degree landscapes around you however the last track that i was working out to i was on the moon and we were i was working out to police's walking on the moon oh very cool (laughs) it all tied in and it was really cool because i was like i'm on the moon i was like also this must be computer generated because i was like they didn't bring a 3d camera up on the moon (laughs) Right. <laughs> to, to get these views, uh, 360 camera. <laughs> that would be cool, though. And there's some other fun random planets that are like 3D generated that I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in an episode of Loki or something. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that was great. Uh, so you have two people that worked on the launches? Apparently, yeah. Um, they went down to Texas about a week ago for a rocket launch. Uh, this is Matt Green, who you know. Yeah. And Dale, who I don't think you have met. I don't think I've met Dale yet, no. And they went down together to go do a rocket launch. I did not understand, even after the rocket launch, that they were working on the very same rocket launch that we're all hearing wow. about. I had no idea. Wow. Nor did they like gloat or boast about that. I just knew they were going to Texas to do a rocket launch. But like Matt's done this before sure. for like various other launches. So I just thought it was one of those. And apparently it was like the launch. That's a, I know Matt's like a jack of all trades. He's got all these like strange interests that have brought him all around to different work <laughs> jobs that you know, yeah. like always surprising to see where he ends up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to tell you what his most recent Facebook post said about what he did at the rocket launch, but I understood probably less than two percent <laughs> of the words that he had written about like the technical jargon of what he was doing at the rocket launch. I feel like. We we keep saying of like who we're gonna have on the podcast. I feel like Matt's an easy one we could get on and just talk about like his weirdest jobs. Yeah, and that that would <laughs> that would easily fill an hour for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool that he was involved in that. And uh, yeah, so have you thought about if you can get him because he works for your show? Mm-hmm. Can you can he get you into space? Did you want to I... go into space? I'm not a thrill seeker, and I don't know that I would go if I had the chance. Really? I'm not sure that I would. Um, yeah. You, you know like those some jets? thrill stuff, though? Like, you do, like, the bungee rides or, like, uh, amusement park I hate stuff, them. don't Oh, I, okay. I so them. well, then you would probably hate getting launched into space. I did the skydiving thing, the tandem jump, and Tiana loved it, and I was like, never again. <laughs> I mean, you like rides much more than yeah. I do. Okay, there. fair enough. But I still um, don't like the dropping ones, like the, the bungee or like skydiving. I don't think I can do. Well, you don't. Yeah. Ugh, I, I'm all set with any of it. But yeah, I don't need to go to space at, right now. I got an offer to do like the, um, I guess they're called the Thunderbirds out here. It's similar to the Blue Angels where yeah. they like take off really fast. I don't know what it's called. There's oh, a cool. name for it where like some people's like blood vessels in their eyes burst or something. Some people pee their pants or like defecate like as they're going up. What what is not appealing about this to you? 
<laughs> Are you signing up? <laughs> no, uh, you, you just well, only mean, listed the negatives. I don't understand any of the positives. Well, I actually also don't understand the positives, <laughs> which is why I am not in a Thunderbird fighter jet. But like, it is a thing where like people yeah. will go on and it's like they it's a whole social media thing and they take off and there's a little GoPro or whatever in there and you see them freaking out as they're taking off at this crazy speed. I don't know any of the technical jargon, but um, yeah, I'm like, I don't think I'm trying to do that right now. Yeah. As yeah. much as I think it would be awesome. I just, it's not maybe for me at this moment in life. I think you get to a certain point where like, we were talking about this with the carnival too, like experiencing too many G's like gets to you <laughs> at a certain <laughs> age. So like even some of the more intense rides of like, I don't know if I'm able to do these anymore so yeah i think i've passed the age of even bumper cars i'd walk off with a stiff neck <laughs> i'm not even kidding even bumper boats might be out wow wow yeah <laughs> well, i'm speak- too fragile speaking of pain uh i wanted to get into we got a mailbag do you need me to i've got mail you need me to pick in there or are you gonna grab one uh this was one from uh the uh this is from my instagram uh, oh okay I said so i, I would, don't even have access to this All i right. would i would answer on the podcast because nicholas b wrote to me and he was curious about my blindfold act and he wanted to know what kind of tape i use uh, he's, uh, other performers specifically mentioned gaffer's tape, uh, but he wanted to know specifics. So I said, I'd answer here on the podcast. Uh, but, uh, the, 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 the exact brand, uh, I use, uh, varies just because I grab duct tape, actual duct tape, not gaffer's tape, uh, wherever I can on the road <laughs> to do my act. So, uh, the, the brand I like to use most is just like the standard 3M black duct tape that I can find at a Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, because if I'm running low and I'm running to a show, I just want to be able to pop in. I always know where it is. It's right in the paint section because that's where all they keep the tape for painter's tape and everything like that. And then just grab a roll. And I try to go with some of the stickier kind. There's like a, <laughs> I don't know their exact rating scale, but there's five dots. And usually I get the the one with uh, the, Usually the only one they sell too is the three of those five dots are filled in. So it's like gotcha. medium stickiness. Now next to it is like gorilla tape, right? And that's like super sticky. And I I I think I used it once in a pitch and it was like very painful. <laughs> like mm-hmm. almost too hard. But I want it sticky enough too, because like when you're on stage, if you're sweating a little bit or whatever, you still want the tape to to stick. So I, I tend to air on the side of stickiness just not like rip your face off stickiness so is there a reason for the aesthetic choice with black duct tape as opposed to kind of like the standard which i feel like is more the gray silver one yeah that's pretty much uh the common one i i personally like the aesthetic of just how it looks with the black tape but also i think it helps prove to the audience like black is opaque you can't see through it like maybe oh that's true silver you know maybe they're like maybe you can see through it even though you can't uh but like i've seen people use white which works well for certain aesthetics especially if they're like wearing an all white suit it looks nice Mm -hmm. uh however i just think uh you know in the minds of the people watching like white kind of implies oh i've seen you know envelopes or pieces of paper or whatever that are see-through that are white so maybe the tape is that's white is you know see-through even though it's not um yeah so i wanted to answer that and just go into the specifics there so yeah 
3M black duct tape is the one I use. But if you have colors that fit for a different reason, go ahead with that. But it sounds like wherever you are, what you find is what you use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, uh, you know, you can even pop into a Michaels, but they usually just have like a small little roll of like mm-hmm. tape, you know, or whatever, any mm-hmm. any hobby store. So I like I like the look and I like the feel of a big roll so that, you know, especially when I do the part where I wrap it around my entire head, it's really dramatic. And you actually see me like going around several times uh, with that roll of duct tape. And uh, and yeah, and apparently it's big enough for a random drugged out audience member to uh, pop up and try and grab it from you. <laughs> Did she succeed in grabbing the roll of tape from you? She didn't take it away, but she oh. like grabbed onto the roll while I was like we had a little tug of war moment. <laughs> oh, that's so I I would love to have seen this. There's no did you tape this? Is there video? No, there's not video. There's oh. photos. Uh, she's not in any of the photos. Oh, but, uh, well, that's that's yeah. You know. But uh, but I that. had so many people come up to me afterwards who were like, "You powered through, and you were hilarious." And oh, good! Like, everyone was on your side for that. <laughs> I should hope. We also have a correction too, because we talked about the the Harry Potter the the show the the Broadway play, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child last week, and we were wondering like who did the magic. Uh, I looked it up. Jamie Harrison was behind uh, the illusions and magic in that show. And I know there's other people who kind of traveled to the U.S. and helped uh, there as well. But I think Jamie Harrison was the main magic uh, guy behind it. So just wanted to get that in there. I've never met Jamie Harrison. I'm not familiar. You? No, I don't, I don't know Jamie personally. I think I have friends who worked on you know, consulting in certain bits and parts of that show as well. So uh, I'm sure they know. Him and uh, yeah, I got I hats off because the magic, like I, I often say, it's one of the best magic shows I've ever seen. It's the wow. magic's so good. So I'm That's looking great. forward to that coming back to Broadway in one part as opposed to two because I think I think the reason they did that was just because scheduling two performances is hard. It's like I did it all in one day and went in like eight in between shows, but mm-hmm. the n- normal way is like you go one day for part one and then the next day for part two. So I think with like just revitalizing Broadway, they're like, it's easier to sell tickets for one show. So right. I think they must be condensing it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So I would uh, assume. But I, I'm uh, very much looking forward to checking that out again and maybe being even closer to the magic this time. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Very cool. Well, uh, so, Matt, should we get into our goals? Yes, sir. That's that's took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, I am Do you have one this week? <laughs> I had Did one you last achieve week? last week? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to uh, finish up those uh, Meeting the Mind lectures. I almost did. I think I have one more. I didn't know that these ones I had not watched were like longer than the ones I had watched. Like the first mm-hmm. ones I watched were like about a half an hour. Some of these were like 40 minutes to an hour, if not longer. So I watched like four out of the five I had left. So I have like one more to watch that. And then um, I got a lot of good feedback, too, of people just messaging me about the our, our talk about mental health and just being forgiving oh, of yourselves. Um, so, yeah, this week I was just trying to take care of myself a bit and, uh, you know, focus again on the shows, which obviously I did, because especially when you have to power through, you got to be in the moment dealing with random audience members sometimes. Right. Um, and uh, just, yeah, doing things for me and, uh, again, working on exercise and 
getting all that just uh so i'm feeling so much uh more at ease with all that so um yeah my goal this week is to uh you mentioned bumper cars earlier so i'm gonna (laughs) fix my goal is to fix my car that was hit while it was parked (laughs) there you go uh and uh and yeah i've got a a show coming up at uh comics at mohegan sun this saturday so i'm looking forward to Seeing some old friends and uh, performing there, so uh, not nothing, just a just a general goal of of shows in 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 my car, I think. Very nice, car and shows. Love yeah. It. What about you? You were gonna work on your videos and photos. Yeah. So I uh, I put the feelers out there. I let everyone know at the show to record some behind the scenes footage. Set a oh. deadline for them to get it to me. I'm gonna put together a little little behind-the-scenes uh, thing for our six-year anniversary of Magic Reinvented at the Link. It's pretty exciting. Uh, coming up soon. Coming up very soon in just a few weeks here, so I'm going to try to get that done. Uh, I'll keep that as the ongoing goal for sure. And uh, look forward to seeing you here next week. Yeah, well, not there, but on the podcast. No, here. No, here. No, you want me to be in Vegas next week. <laughs> No, I mean here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind over magic, man. Absolutely. The way you said it <laughs> sounded like I was like, did I plan a trip to Vegas? <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, let's do some plugs. You've got your tickets, obviously, for your show. Yes, Ticketmaster.com. Magic reinvented in Las Vegas, uh, depending on if your state is recommending whether or not you should be leaving your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I've got just uh, comics coming up, a couple private shows that obviously you can't come to, but uh, uh, but you can come to the comics at Mohegan Sun this Saturday. If you're listening to this right away when it drops, uh, 724, go to com for tickets. That's C-O-M-I-X, Roadhouse. Uh, dot com and uh, see me part of uh, our buddy Jim Spinato's uh, a matinee variety of magic and mentalism and mayhem show. That's an interesting rebrand to go from comics to comics roadhouse. Well, they added like uh, it was just like a bar and a comedy club, but they added a whole restaurant that's like gotcha. a little bit more Midwestern theme with like you know dancing and cowboys, and I think they've got a me- mechanical bull now. That's a, that's an interesting rebrand. Yeah, I know. I. Uh... It's it's just interesting. Like, kind of, I saw a commercial the other day. Angie's list is now just Angie. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw that? Yeah. It, it's always interesting when like a, an established brand just all of a sudden changes their name. Like Snoop Dogg became Snoop Lion. <laughs> right. It's exactly the same. <laughs> the I um, mean, it is no. I just know J-Lo. that this doesn't uh, affect the comedy club at all. <laughs> it's like it's still just the same comedy club, and it's almost like a separate entity. Hey, it's at a whole different venue. It. it used to be at Foxwoods. Now it's at Mohegan. It's a whole different club. That was years ago. <laughs> that was when the rebrand happened. No, the, the rebrand just happened recently, like within the past really? few years. Yeah, I'll have to ask Uncle right Jim now. about this one. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to do that. <laughs> uh, if you want to write to us, though, uh, and be in our mailbag, you can write to us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod uh, or just, like, find us on Instagram and there's a link tree and you've got all links to me, Matt, and the podcast and everything like that. And no website. And the website, yeah. And no uh, website. No, I mean, there's a website, Matt. I, I don't like that you pretend like we have a website. 
We don't. We do not have a website. Mindovermagicpodcast.com does our, direct you to our podcast. Our friends from Hey Scoops were very, very clear about us <laughs> not having a website, and I stand by them. All right. Well, we'll get there eventually. Also, <laughs> you you you've got a team working for you again, Matt. <laughs> Maybe well, we can throw one of them. Uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, at this rate, I I might not, you know, Vegas might not even exist tomorrow. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed for all positivity moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate you listening in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, tell a friend, spread the word. If you're having fun, we're having fun. Uh, you know, let people know. But uh, Matt, until next week. Until next week. Take it easy. Talk with you soon. See ya. Bye.